Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are, episode three, wrapping up series 12, account planning. This week, we're talking about account planning with customers. Uh, last two episodes, I will start episode one, we did really an introduction to what we were going to talk about. I think we talked about the what, who, and how, what to plan, who to share it with, and how to execute on it. And then we dived a little bit deeper into account planning the, the way pros do it. And we talked about the the why, the what, and the don't. It's really about why do we account plan, what it can do for you and your customer, and then don't make it about your stack, make it about your customer. This week, we're going to talk about building an attack plan, and then we're going to talk about creating value at every level and keeping the flywheel spinning will be the topics as we wrap up this series. Now, throughout the series, Brian, we've talked to, to the listeners in kind of mid-market enterprise, you know, it's not a breath customer or sorry, a breath rep. Someone who's got 300 plus accounts probably can't do this. They're probably doing more of a territory plan. We did some stuff on that months and months ago, but this week it really is a focus on doing this work with your customer. And I think as we talk through it, it's going to sound a little bit about, sound like a little bit like account management, but it's as, as we talk about these things, remember, put them in context of an account plan, people. Uh, it will be part of the way you manage an account, but it really is in an account plan to help your team and your extended group like partners go execute. And if you're somewhere in the middle, let's say you've got, you know, we talk about breadth. That just means maybe they cover, you know, two or 300 accounts, let's say, um, or even 90 accounts, right? Um, versus like an enterprise rep who may cover you know, 20 accounts. And if you're somewhere in the middle or if creating 20 account plans seems overwhelming, start with your biggest opportunities. I think that's what I see most often, Bobby, is, is pick your your best five and and start simple and continue to build it. No doubt. And we've done some talking about this in the past, but if you are that rep and you do pick the bigger opportunities, don't get blinders and only focus on those big opportunities. Remember, your job is to keep prospecting and to keep going out and finding those other accounts and those other deals. So do some planning, but also don't forget to prospect because it will bite you in the hiney if you're not careful. So again, doing this with customers, the power of this effort with customers is that you get to really understand every opportunity and it should help you uncover opportunities that you might not have been aware of or even chasing. And they might not be for you, but they might be things that you can bring other people into that continue to quote unquote grease the skids for everything that you're doing in the account to where the customer truly starts to see you as the person they turn to first. In this episode, I really think we have to assume that you've either closed a deal or two, made some progress on the things we talked about in episode one and two, or maybe your partners closed some deals, has, you have some real pipeline now, uh, or some of these topics won't work. This won't work if you're trying to, to crack into an underpenetrated account or someone you've never done business with. But we'll assume you've got some activity or maybe this is actually a customer, you've sold something and you've got a renewal out in a year or two. We need something to be working with to be able to do some of this with an account. Agreed. So let's start with bullet number one from a podcast perspective. This is build an attack plan and engage with every customer. So 
as we talked about how to execute it in the last episode, uh, or sorry, the first episode, the way you build the attack plan is to find a little bit of little bit of momentum throughout every piece of the customer so that you can can build momentum and hopefully get that flywheel spinning. So at this point, Brian, I always start everywhere and anywhere. If if I get if you gave me a new account, I would go find every person that was with the customer that might have any reason to talk to me from finance, HR, IT, executive, whatever it might be, low-level person, people that might go to my church or be my friend's friend, I will find anybody in that account just to start gathering intel. And I will start both low and high. I think a lot of people naturally gravitate to low. Um, I've seen some superstars that gravitate to high and can't go low. But I think this is the time in an account where you go high and low to stir up some activity and get yourself introduced into the account. Yeah, and I think the same goes for any prospecting. I mean, I think a lot of people have a philosophy on who they will or will not talk to, and they tend to stay true to that. There's there's advantages to both, right? If you stay high, then you know that you're speaking to people that make decisions. But the fact is, if you're speaking to someone low, you could be getting some really good intelligence that um, you may not get a, a complete candor from, a, from an executive in the account, whereas somebody on the lower side uh, could get you uh, some good intel. And then as, as long as you carry a value message or help promote them or help them with a message or solve a problem, you're going to get access to power if you make the right kind of trades. Agreed. I would say on the lower side, I've seen people stay there because they build really strong relationships. Yeah. But you got to use caution that those low people might not be able to make any decisions or may not have any buying power. So don't just stay in either pocket. You know, Also, if you stay high – they might defer everything to the low people where you have no relationship. I've seen that bite people where yeah. they have great relationships up high, but those people defer to the low people and they never get involved because they have no relationship down low. So start both, be both, just go crazy all over the organization if it's kind of new and you're, you're just getting your foot started into the door. Um, and I say shortly thereafter, part of that attack plan needs to be in my playbook is to create recurrence. And by that, I mean, you need to create a recurring schedule that you're involved with a customer. They need to know that they're going to be able to expect to see you around their offices. So it doesn't happen quickly. Uh, but if you can, I like to try in the enterprise or mid market world to create some sort of a biweekly meeting. And uh, a recent example that I'm going to talk about here from my life was I had a Bi-weekly meeting with a storage team at this customer at 10 a.m. on Thursdays, every other Thursday. And then I had a bi-weekly meeting with the server team every other Thursday. So that customer started seeing me on-site every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And about once a month, I'd take the receptionist breakfast or coffee to the, the team that was downstairs letting us in, security team, etc. But that became very valuable for us, but it also became very valuable for the customer because their leadership team knew they could escalate things to me every week at 10 a.m. They knew I was going to be there. They knew they could get what they needed or complain or, or do whatever they needed to do. The partners were, were around the scene as well. So you want to create some recurrence. The, the risk I would say here, Brian, is that people start to get complacent once they get this recurrence. We've been in sales a long time, and we would most likely kill for that first meeting with a customer these meetings to me are just as valuable, although they don't seem just as valuable on the surface because we get to doing it regularly. And even the customer starts 
Yeah, you know, we don't need the meeting this week, Bobby. Let's cancel. No, 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 no. We're going to keep this meeting. We, you're going to need something. Let's keep the conversation going. What What have you experienced in your time as if you've ever had this type of recurrence, Brian, the the good and the bad, I guess. Yeah, I've, I've, I was about to say I've seen the good and the bad. The, the, the bad is they want to meet more frequently than we're able to, especially when you cover a breadth territory, right? They're, sure. You'll say they're a... They're a big fish, or a, a yeah, big fish in a a big pond, and they want to see you often. But you've got a lot of small fish that you've got to go see as well, and that's a balance that that only you need to to measure. That's that, where I've seen that work well is where you involve a partner. So maybe a yeah. partner, you know, maybe it's you one month, the partner the next month, you the following month. But having and then sharing notes and keeping that cadence going. But I've also seen it on the flip side where the customer's like, I I don't. What do we have to talk about? Like. Yeah. And generally, that is because actions weren't followed up on. They're, they're, there's some, they're not getting the that meeting is is lesser value to them, and and it could be that they're busy, right? That that happens too. Only you can kind of measure where you're at in the relationship standpoint. But you do need to really measure what value are you providing in that meeting? Is it is it um, something new that you should talk to them about that they'll see value in? Is it an executive that could be in town? If if they're trying to delay it, but really be introspective to find out why it is they're trying to push it. Yeah, one, you said a lot, and I like all those points. I think partner is a great one. I would definitely do that. If it's not partner, maybe it's your extended team. You know, most extended team members want access to your customers. This is a great way to kind of tee them up and let them introduce some of their roadmaps or their product lines, et cetera. And then it's also just, hey, we need this conversation to do some planning for some events that are coming up, whether they're summertime road shows or executive briefings or your annual conference. There's always a reason to talk to a customer. It's on us as the sales team to be able to bring that to light and provide value. And I would say if it's in your account plan, this becomes really easy. We agreed we were going to do this this quarter, this next quarter. And those things are already teed up. They get more refined, they get more specialized, and you have a lot to talk about. Um, I think it, at the end of the day, it is the marathon type type sales play, and you're going to have to juggle it. But if you do keep the recurrence and you keep the recurrence valuable, you'll be amazed at the things that you start to see and learn about in the account, and the pipeline and the opportunities will be abundant. Um, in the account I talked about, we ended up doing that Thursday meeting almost every day, every week for almost three years sold millions of dollars worth of stuff, had great relationships from CIO all the way to the lowest level engineer in the organization. And I could probably pick up the phone today and call any of them because, and they would answer because I provided value and they would be interested in wanting to know what I'm doing today, uh, which doesn't fall to the to, on a deaf ear to me that, you know, that's part of the sales career is being able to keep those relationships long-term. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk about our new sponsor, Tech Sales Lab. Tech Sales Lab is the only place with a platform and people to help you start a career in tech sales. Furthermore, anyone in tech sales can find the training and help they need to accomplish any of their sales career goals. And it covers everything from sales enablement training to one-on-one -on -one coaching. Tech Sales Lab can meet all of your individual or company's needs around sales training. Tech Sales Lab is offering Tech Sales Show listeners a way to win. Go to averagestheenemy.com. Sign up for the Tech Sales Lab newsletter and you'll receive weekly tips and tricks. 
And if you want, you can refer friends and be entered for prizes that they'll draw each month. They're drawing prizes for AirPods, Oculus Go, Amazon Echoes, and more. And each person you refer to the newsletter, you'll get double entries into their monthly drawings. And if you know anyone that would like to get into tech sales, they're offering 50% off for the first 10 people that register for the certification program. It guarantees a job in tech sales to get you into the industry, or they'll refund 100% of their investment in that program. Tech Sales Lab is where tech sellers are made. So let's jump into the next section and talk about creating value at any level in the organization, Brian. Again, this is account planning with the customer. We've talked about how to build an attack plan. You've probably engaged partners. You're using those partners. You've, you've started attacking at all the levels in the organization. And now let's dive into what does that mean? To me, it sounds a little corny, but that means from the receptionist to the CEO of the company, how can I create value and make them all want to interact with me? You've, we've probably all seen, if you've been in sales at it for any time period, you've seen the gatekeeper receptionist who's angry, mad at the world, probably answers a million phone calls, is unappreciated by the organization, and doesn't want to see another vendor walk into their room. It's not hard to put your A game on on the last few floors of that elevator ride and and try to be human with them and ask them how they're doing today, how's their kids, how's their grand, their people too, and they really will appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think the um, it's interesting. The I, this is not necessarily natural for me. I keep a one note for my customers, prospective customers. And keep those kind of notes. Not that I don't care about the personal front. I just, I feel like they don't care that I'm asking about those things. But I don't, I think that's not true. I think it was a misconception by me early on. So I end up keeping a OneNote doc. Uh, and off to the right, I'll have um, the, the different people, the different relationships I have in the account. And just things that are going on for them. Whether it was a vacation they have coming up, um, a marriage, a kid being born, a grandson being born born uh those types of things uh are great to kick off like people like what is what is the the um the saying that people love to talk about themselves it's true people like to talk about the things they have going if you somebody were to ask me about my son and his track event tonight i'd be excited to tell you about my son and his track event tonight well that's even a better point because as that Mm -hmm. information continues to grow and becomes part of your one note and account plan and something you share with the team if you're sincere if you're truly sincere and you ask on the first year after a grandbaby's born for that receptionist and she or he starts to tell you everything that's going on in that baby's life and then you casually work in how's things at work and they start bitching about something or complaining about Mm -hmm. a big transition or a new computer system they're upgrading that's not working and on and on and on man imagine the opportunities that you could uncover and share with your v team just from the receptionist whoever that person might be and i think that goes to the low-level engineer the first up-and-coming person that's working in the organization to to the cio obviously we all like to be ego stroked a little bit. And it's it's obviously easy if you're a big name vendor like Dell or Microsoft to give a little swag to the lower level people that haven't ever been to a trade show yet. They love and it. Ga- and gain some stroke there, right? Um, it gets a little bit more difficult to schmooze a manager or director or VP who gets all the great invites. But those people have desires and wants too. And I can assure you, you, you can create some value for them 
we talk about events, we talk about other things, but um, an executive that's come into town that has a story to tell, that that manager, VP, or director in your account might really want to talk to them. I think sometimes we look at those executive visits, our executives coming to town as a painful experience, but it truly can be valuable to the customer. And sometimes they might want to feel good about making you feel good. So if you tell them, hey, I really need to get this executive out there, it means a lot to me, that sometimes makes a customer feel good to be able to help you out as well. So throughout the organization, create value, get involved, try and find things that motivate them so you can motivate them to, to do what you need to do. Uh, and then I, the last thing I'll share in this section is that once I start working with multiple teams in an account, and even with people outside of IT, I really start to overshare that inside the customer. Remember, account planning with the customer. So I'm doing some work with the server team, and I tell the storage team I'm doing some work with the server team. Well, what are you doing? And I share them. Well, that's not going to work for this other project we have going on, and I learn more. Uh, and then they want to take more of my time so that I'm not doing work with the other teams, or they want to take credit for the great work everybody's doing. And it's funny how that multiplies because I'm sharing the information. They talk when I'm not around. They get regrouped. I get to work with higher-ups, and I get to pull projects together. And it does create a lot of value for the customer because I'm thinking about the bigger picture, not just my one transaction in that small corner office uh, of one part of the team. And I've seen them actually fight for my time, which is pretty interesting when you, you get to that level. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think jumping back, though, real quick, Bobby, I think uh, one of the – one of the things that you could do in this type of meeting is bring out the marketing calendar too. So we all have, as salespeople, you have a marketing calendar and events that you need to drive executives to. And you talked about how do you, how do you incent or make happy these VPs and executives. And sometimes just, I find just getting that marketing calendar in front of whoever your sponsor is or main contact in the account and say, okay, I've got this, this golf event or this, horse racing event, whatever it is, right? To say it is for senior VPs. Is there someone in the organization that you think might benefit for something like this to meeting with some of the executives on our team and, and your team? And, and oftentimes you'll find they'll say, oh yeah, actually so-and-so kind of has an impact on this budget and he loves horse racing or whatever and can make, that's an easy way for you to get alignment in the accounts from an executive standpoint. Often I've heard them say, no, we don't have anybody that wants to go or no, I don't want to go. That's a great opportunity to let them have a little bit of power and stroke in the organization to say, hey, I'm giving it to you, but if you want to offer it up to someone on your team or someone in your organization or someone outside of your organization, you offer it up to them and you be their sponsor. Uh, they, they, they like to be able to give some of that stuff away as well and continues to make you look like the value source and the point of contact. So as we've worked with this account plan and we've worked with this customer, now we've started to build the plan of attack and we've put some of these things together. We've started creating value at multiple levels in the organization, hopefully three, four, or five different levels in the organization. We have talk tracks with our partner going on. We've got some pipeline. We've got some renewals out there coming up. So now we've got an account plan that, that hopefully expands one or more years. We've got funnel and pipe on a number of different projects. We've got teams talking together. You know, in this world, my, my mind goes to the analogy that I've got the flywheel spinning. This is a huge wheel that took me a long time to get moving. I want to do everything I can to keep it spinning and to keep it spinning fast. Too often I see people win a deal and then go, go chase new business. 
I know it is sexy to win and crack an account. I love it more than anything in sales myself, but I also love to, to build an account and make them love me as much as I love them. So in this, this section, we're really talking about how do we keep that flywheel spinning? So the recurrence is the biggest and easiest way. And I want to say they're not just recurring meetings. They're, you know, I, I've, I've had specialty people say, I'm not coming to your recurring meetings. I don't have a renewal or anything for a long way out. And it always happens to where they come out with a new product and they want to get in and talk about it. And I'm like, you know, you've never been to any of these recurring meetings. It's going to look so salesy if you come and just pitch something. You know, it's almost like I want them to go to three meetings and provide some value and solve a problem before they pitch anything. You know what I'm talking about there? To, to earn the opportunity, right? It's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it builds far more respect for sure. So many people that I've worked with see these as like relationship meetings or account management meetings. Let me be clear. A recurring meeting is a sales meeting. A project kickoff is a sales meeting. A project status meeting is a sales meeting. Every meeting I go to is a sales meeting, and I prepare for it like it's a sales meeting. I want to drop something. I want to plan something. I want to get them excited about an event. Every meeting is a sales meeting. If it's not a recurring meeting, you can't get a recurring meeting, well, okay, you launch, you sell a little product, you sell some product, you sell some services, we want to have something 30 days out from that sale that is some sort of an onboarding or learning session, right? So a lunch and learn is a great thing to have and create some recurrence across low and high parts of the organization. So maybe you want to teach a team how to use your product or you want to educate a group of people on how your services are enabling their team members and like train the trainer. Anything like that gets you the opportunity to meet more people in the organization, hear more about problems they're having, which gives you the opportunity to solve problems. A lunch and learn to me is a sales meeting. Yeah. And then, so this is a good one too. The, um, there's all these, well, I, in Dallas and in Austin, probably in Houston too, there's these new restaurants that open up. There's great opportunity to cater in, uh, you know, a nice lunch from a trendy new restaurant that's opened up. It, you know, if it, Again, I get that if you're doing this every month or every other week, that could get costly. But if it's a good senior audience, it's an opportunity to cater in the latest new barbecue joint that opened up in Austin or Dallas. Newsflash, partner, would you like to sponsor lunch there you from go. a customer? There to you help? Go. I mean, they're going to want to get engaged. And if the partner's having it and I don't have any activity in the account, I'll sponsor it, right? <clears throat> it's a partnership. You have to work together. And there's always ways to solve for that so that you can keep the momentum going. But keep in mind, please, it is a sales meeting. It is not a lunch and learn where the engineer comes in and teaches and talks. You should be taking the opportunity to sell. Quarterly meetings are great. Whether you can get high in the organization and have an executive level kind of state of the business or state of the union conversation, or you're just doing it with some managers and engineers, having a quarterly meeting in your account plan with the customer that you agree to this, uh, to keep the momentum going, to keep the, the things that we're working on going, to introduce new things, understand their organizational changes, et cetera, is a great way to interact and keep that flywheel moving. Again, I'll say it. I'm going to say it about a few more bullets here. Quarterly meetings are also sales meetings. You can have a quarterly happy hour with the leadership team to make sure they understand everything you're working on with the, the lower level people in the organization. This too is a sales meeting. Um, and then I've talked about holiday lunches and holiday dinners. You can have that as part of your account plan that you're going to do some customer appreciation things throughout the year. 
And the way to spin this around to get the customer more involved with you is what are they doing? What kind of charity events do they do throughout the year? What do they yeah. do around the holidays that you can sponsor or get involved in or have partners sponsor? Um, it doesn't have to be just you enticing them to go to a holiday lunch. What ideas do you have, Brian? Well, I would say back, going back to the the customer like charity events, just about every customer we work with this, these days is involved in some sort of philanthropy uh, events or program or they're part of something much bigger. And... Of course, it's great to do charitable events. Um, so I'm not saying the altruistic piece of this is not a great thing. Uh, that that being said, this is a great opportunity to meet executives at that account as well. I have been to so many customer um, charitable events where I've met the CEO of the company. And that is the only capacity I've ever met the CEO of the company. It's because he's going to be there front and center. If that's their one big event every year, he's going to be emceeing the thing probably. So it's a great opportunity for you to build relationships up uh, too. Agreed. And the last thing I'd say there is if they don't have something going on, help them create something. You know, teams are always looking for team building activities. There's no reason why you couldn't just sponsor something for them with a partner that you don't even go to. They'll know that it's you. They'll know that you're involved and engaged. They'll thank you for it. And it will give you the opportunity to ask for something in the future if you need it, not, not necessarily a deal, but maybe that executive is it. Hey, remember we've been partnering on a lot of these things. This is me asking you to partner with me on something. And I'll say it no matter what it is, appreciation, charity event, whatever it is, it too is a sales meeting. So prepare, plan on what you want to talk about, plan about your asks that you're going to have lay the framework for what you're going to do to continue to keep that flywheel moving and then finally, I think you can have in your account plan with the customer some annual or biannual things you're going to do. Look, we have a partnership. You spend money with my company. You should be meeting my executives with your executives, at least on an annual basis. If not every 18 months, we should be getting them together in an executive briefing center of some sort. Now, that doesn't make sense for every company that you might be calling from or to yeah. today. But if you have the opportunity just to say your CEO should meet my CEO and make sure our goals are aligning with each other for the ultimate good of your business, then let's do that. And you might not get the commitment in the first six months of your relationship, but it's another reason to have it on the account plan so you don't forget to do it. Uh, it will provide value long term. Anything to add as we wrap up, Brian? I'd say go to techsellsshow.com slash tools to, to download um, our account planning uh, worksheets. Um, start small. You don't feel like you got to boil the ocean with this. If you have, you know, 50 accounts or 100 accounts, um, take take this and do a shorter version of it for your, uh, for, for your top five accounts or whatever it is. If you're a, a large enterprise or majors account executive and you got five or 10 accounts, this is a great easy template or create your own version of this template, but having a working document like this really adds some structure to your sales engagement process. One thing I'll share is, is a, is a flying analogy is if you've been listening, you know, I own a flight school and do a lot of flying myself as I'm riding with people who don't quite as have as much time in the cockpit as I do. I'll, I'll see them occasionally sit still and just look out the windows and enjoy the scenery and I always tell them, if you've got that much time to just sit around, there's something you can be doing in the cockpit, checking some switches, checking your fuel, checking the engine temperature, something. And I'd say the same thing about your account plans. If you feel like company ABC is not doing enough with you, it's probably because you're not doing something to plan with them or for them to go chase or get. So 
plan something with your customer, create an account plan that your customer will appreciate and find value in, and you too will not be an average sales rep. So with that, uh, go check out Average is the Enemy and sign up for the Tech Sales Lab newsletter. And as always, Average is the Enemy. Average sucks. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.